Hey there, Sean. Hey, Pierce. How's it going? It's pretty okay. All right. That means it's time for another episode of the It's Pretty Okay podcast. Let's do it. Let's start the show. That's what I wanted. It's not as if we cry river calling rain. West Memphis is on fire in the light of day. Give me something. It ain't enough. It ain't enough. I take it for granted. Okay, so uh, last time we we talked about uh, the the cult of the hustle scammer and the people who try to tell you that this is a, a time to be productive and to use your quarantine time wisely and said uh, maybe it's it's okay to uh, pump your brakes and have a little more leisure time um, but that also doesn't mean that you're you know that it's it's good to spend 17 hours a day just kind of sitting on the couch staring into the middle distance so you know uh or or maybe that is your thing who knows uh but at least i know for me that's not exactly my thing so you know this has been an exercise especially not having a nine-to-five job being a student um i found myself with an abundance (laughs) of uh new newly unscheduled time uh, yeah. And even more so now that I'm in a, a two-week period between the end of the school year and when I start my summer job. So um, I've been thinking about how we use that time. And Pierce, you, yes. I think, found uh, an article or a listicle. Is it really, can, does it count as a listicle if it's 50 items? Um, so I, I think it originated at Kotki, but it was, it's, it's essentially a listicle, but it's on LitHub, so it feels slightly more legit than, say, your regular BuzzFeed listicle or Business Insider. Um, but it was 50, you know, modern classic novels over 500 pages. And I've seen this a couple other places too. Uh, Vox does a weekly roundup of kind of literary news. Uh, and talking about this interest of people to really do bucketless books. And, and I think I'm defining that here, and others are too. That 500-page limit is, is kind of arbitrary, but doing reading that thing that you thought you would never read or you've been putting off, uh, you know, you're collecting on your bookshelf but not actually acting upon, um, and opening it and, and finally reading it. It's almost like, all right... It, Part of me feels like it's another thing, which is you've got the time, you know, do the big thing, be productive. But I think it's different here because this really is leisure. It's just maybe slightly challenging leisure. And I was really um, smitten with this idea. Full full admission, one of the books on there, uh, The Parisian, I'd never heard of it before, but I went ahead and, and read it. And it, of course, didn't feel like 500 pages or whatever, but doing that exercise of a a challenging leisure or at least a a big leisure maybe uh was was pretty cool but maybe it's not uh i I realize also it might not be limited to books yeah i i think that you know i i I mean when we talked about animal crossing i mean like that that was certainly a non-book example of this like finding a Mm -hmm. new thing to immerse yourself in um Mm -hmm. i'm i'm sort of interested in uh 
what kind of experiences people are looking for because you you sent us a list of the the best novels over 500 pages i just saw one today that was uh like 50 novels under 200 pages and and so i think that i think that depending on how you want to use your time some people are are looking at this as a way to kind of dive into a big thing and some people are saying you know this has kind of fried my brain a little bit to the point where, you know, I need something where I can like do this in a day and and sort of have that level of attention paid to one thing. I think in some ways it might be the, the inverse of, of what we talked about last week in a lot of ways, which is uh, it's still accomplishment, but this is something that you're choosing to do and is enjoyable and you're owning that it is a leisurely thing. Be it a book that's 150 pages, a novella, or or a, a big tome if you decide I'm going to read War and Peace. Yeah, that does sound taxing and like maybe not fun to me, but you you are doing something that you're like, I'm going to fill my time with this task and I'm going to feel good about accomplishing it. But yeah, I, I mean, Kevin, do you, I, I know you filled some time with video games and we talked about Animal Crossing, but this idea of something that you can finish, and I think that's key with these books, it's something that you can finish. Um, yeah. It is a task in that way. You can't really finish Animal Crossing. So have you turned to anything that is finishable? Yeah, so I've kind of had a, or my free time, we've uh, recently retreated to stay with some extended family and my free time now is actually much more fragmented than it was before because I'm trying to help out with cooking at random times or chores or um, just other obligations that, that come about. And Shoveling so, snow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but so my time has been a lot more fragmented. So I've been, I find a video game much more easy to pick up and play than, um, and put down after 10 minutes than a book. I don't have to like get into the zone. And, um, so I've actually been playing a, um, I guess what you'd call the novel of equivalent in the video game world, which is like this, a, a long RPG. So I've been, I was a big fan of like the final fantasy series when I was a kid. And, um, there've been a couple of, um, RPGs of that style that have, that came out for um, like this that have come out within like the last five years that I never played because that's just not yeah. really a part of my life now and I was like okay well maybe I can use this time to to do that now so that's kind of the direction I've been taking into it. Yeah, and I think yeah I hear that 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 is it fills someone thing you you know what it's going to take a little bit of time but maybe it's not and but it is something that you can finish and Max you have also changed locations recently and I think about finishing tasks and you're always telling us about how how your family is working on okay making some addition to to the home that you're at now are you thinking about tasks in that way where it's still leisure but you are going to end up building a table or or helping with the dock or something like like that have you are you thinking about that now potentially yeah well so it it would take me about a year and a half to read a 500 page book (laughs) um we've been thinking about starting some puzzles up oh um so we could do like a a big puzzle or something um yeah, we, as you mentioned, we're in. I'm in Maine now, so we have more space um, for more puzzles that are ongoing. Uh, but it, as you also mentioned, yeah, there's house improvement. Um, my dad is currently reshingling the house, 
so I haven't helped with that because that's a daytime activity and I, I'm working <laughs> normal hours. But um, yeah. there's definitely an opportunity to get more involved in, I guess, home improvement projects. Um, but otherwise, I'm not. I'm not really doing anything. Kind of give me a few more days, and maybe I'll be. I'll be working on like a five thousand piece puzzle or whatever the biggest one we have is. Yeah, I mean, I think that is that is definitely what strikes me most about about this. And I think of people also taking on projects such as uh, certain making certain food, things that take a long time are kind of hands on people who are entering the, the bread making game. Uh, it, it really is a thing that you can accomplish. I mean, you can you can point to a loaf of bread. You can point to your puzzle. Um, you can point to something you've read. Uh you know, Kevin, I, I don't know how you point to the video game, but you can certainly talk about it and say, like, oh, you know, I finished it, I beat this boss, or whatever the equivalent Yeah, is I mean, the game I'm talking about is a very, it's a story-driven game, and there's a, a progression and a ending, unlike, you know, your Animal Crossings or your Call of Duties or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and that makes, I think that makes perfect uh, sense. Um, now, it's it's also I think not just about finishing, and and that's why I think the longer books uh, kind of appealed to me, which is you are looking to fill the time. It's not just about finishing something; it's about I need a break. So for me, um, you know, the Parisian book, for instance, was set in the Middle East and France for a little bit, but mostly set in Palestine. That's an area I, I've never really read about or interacted with, certainly in, a, in novel form. So that was appealing to me. It's like I can get away. I can step away. Uh, same thing with I read Dune, which is another pretty long book, um, and you are immersed in a totally different world, a different culture. Um, so, I mean, is that something that strikes you at all, too, is like, let me get as, as much away as possible, whether you're in Maine next to a, a, a lake pond situation or you're in a video game or, you know, what about, you know, Sean, what do you think of that? So, uh, so this goes to what I was talking about earlier when I mentioned, you know, there's also like a parallel list for novels under 200 pages, which is that like, I'm the kind of person that has anywhere between two and like six different books theoretically going at a time. Um, and mostly they're all very different. So like uh, there are, there are immersive novels. Like, I, I've been my, my literary white whale for the last probably year now has been this novel called a brief history of seven killings, uh, which is uh, centered around um, uh, a failed CIA plot to assassinate Bob Marley in the seventies which is, I believe, a real thing that happened, but yes. it's a you know it's a fictionalized narrative surrounding it. But it's it is very immersive, uh, down to the point where uh, almost all of the book is written in kind of like a, a patois and, and like in a Jamaican accent uh, because mm -hmm. Marlon James uh, is you know. I think he's from Jamaica. I hope I didn't get that wrong. Jesus, I hope I didn't get that wrong. Um, I can look but, it up. But it's like a 700-page novel, and so it requires a ton of mental attention to like burrow into it. And to burrow into that and read 15 pages 
you know, it doesn't, it kind of doesn't work. Um, I'm, I'm reading this book by Jane Mayer called Dark Money, which is about the kind of Koch brothers driven network of shadowy far right political donations. And like, I, I love reading nonfiction and I love learning new things. Um, but you know, it's a pretty heavy subject and, and it requires hmm. kind of balancing a lot of, Oh, right. I, I remember who that person is. Uh, or this is uh, the climate that was happening in America at that time. So even that is something that like, I can't always really burrow into. One of my favorite things that I've read during this time is a book that Emily got me for my birthday, and it's Anthony Bourdain, The Last Interview. And it's like a short thing. It's mostly like a collection of interviews with Bourdain, and I could read the whole thing in like two hours. Yeah. And that was wonderful. It checked a lot of, you know, it still checked a lot of boxes for me, but it was something much more manageable, you know, Mm -hmm. and because of the way it's broken down, like if you can only kind of commit your brainwaves for 20 minutes, you might be able to get through a whole interview. So, so I think Mm -hmm. that, I think that it's the kind of thing where you need a lot of different options because there could potentially be a lot of different headspaces for you to be in on any given day. I, I think that's fair. I, I subscribe to more the, the give me one thing and let me go full full mm-hmm. bore at it. But, mm-hmm. you know, Max, I'd be curious, you know, how that applies to you in that, you know, maybe there's something, there are different tasks to do, different items to do where you are now versus being in your urban environment. Um, but it is, is it also just about, uh, you know, this, this escape, whatever you choose to be, it is also that it's, it's just being in a different kind of space of habit. So, so you didn't want to necessarily be in the city anymore, feeling like you're confined, like you're, you're escaping to something else. Even if you don't finish the book, even if you don't finish, uh, you know, the, the table or whatever, is it, is it also just that, that journey and having your habits flipped upside down or changed at least, is that part of the appeal? Um, yeah, I guess so. I mean, the main appeal is just, just more nature and space. (laughs) Um, I don't, I don't really feel like I have a whole bunch more time than normal. So otherwise, um, I mean, there's an, there's an appeal to, to being somewhere where there's, I are, I've already associated Maine in the past with a place that there's not really much to do. So you just sort of fill the void with cooking or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so I guess there is an appeal there that it's almost less stressful. There's no one else around. We don't kind of have to worry about whatever else is going on. So that's mm-hmm. nice. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know if that answered your question. <laughs> well, no, no. I, I You hit on something that, that made me think, which is like, it's not that you have any more time necessarily, but... By being in Maine or, or Kevin having his, you know, preferred uh, video game handy, it it kind of dis- it, it shortens the distance for having that long book. It, it it shrinks the distance between you doing a thing that's stressing you out, be it thinking about the current situation in the world or, uh, you know, or work. Um, and, and now, you know, OK, once I turn off of work. I can go and do this other thing. So for you now, I think being in a city probably amplifies like, oh, wow, here's a huge metropolis and I cannot go interact with it. Whereas Maine, you're more or less interacting with Maine in the way you normally would. And so now you're 
disconnect from work and, and that world of, of stress, I, I think is is abbreviated in a way that I'm very appreciative of. Yeah, absolutely for me. I, I totally agree with that. Yeah. Um, it's easier to separate work time from non-work time and stress time from non-stress time. Yeah, Yeah, I was kind of hoping to get into a, a similar situation in Vermont, but it's uh, still in the 40s every day, so it's not really yeah. <laughs> pleasant to go outside. But yeah, uh, yeah I do... I kind of do like the... It's not um, any warmer here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do like having uh, just you know stuff to stuff to do that's not watching tv and it's not not working and um yeah and i think that where i'm at now kind of gives me the opportunity but again in my case my time is a bit fragmented which is why while i used to fill my you know evenings with reading i kind of have gone away from that um but i would say that the the content that i'm looking for the like i'm not when i do read i'm not reading different books than i than I usually would, but hmm. um, but that's probably because I do have this um, behemoth of a game that I'm playing now that I wasn't. Interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know that. I don't know that my reading habits have necessarily changed. That I'm really reading stuff that I already had, except for that that novel, The Parisian, um, which I, I definitely feel there's there's definitely some guilt too of getting more books when I have so many but there there's also an aspect of that feels like in introducing something new um, and, and this is slightly different but I think a book is a really good outlet because I know that there are bookshops that can sell me something online um, and need help right now and so that's very appealing I mean Kevin not that <laughs> not that they necessarily needed help but I think you went to a GameStop very early on and they threw you threw you Animal Crossing into your car window but it's like this getting a new thing that is going to take me time um, you know I can spend a little money and I can connect that to to the bookshop and that's a nice corollary as well for me yeah so I think that for, for me, I, that wasn't really in, in the calculus. I kind of just wanted the game and figured I'd be stuck inside a lot. But I've actually yeah. been with with you with books. I've been I, I've been taking the opportunity to say, oh, what's on my shelf already that I haven't mm-hmm. read? And mm-hmm. things that I wasn't super excited about. But I was like, oh, I got this at a book sale for $4. Let me read it. But it sounds like, uh, Sean, you've been taking a different approach to it. Sort of. Yeah, well, so uh, feeling no compunction or shame in any way whatsoever about getting new books uh including new used books uh while not reading any of the stuff on my shelf is my default setting so that Mm -hmm. that hasn't changed at all um but i i would say that how how i get books has changed a decent amount during this time and it goes to what you said like you know bookshops are a lot of them are hurting pretty badly. Um, and, and and so uh, it's been a way, I mean, uh, you know, media outlets are hurting. They're furloughing people. They're having to lay people off. Um, bands that make money from touring and selling merch are struggling. So, like, you know, I think more than changing my... Um, I think more than changing my leisure time habits, it's maybe changed how I approach getting the things that I'm going to use my leisure time on. Like I know I've spent more, um, I, you know, God, I, I wish I 
was doing more to support the record stores that I love, but like I haven't been in a place with a turntable in two months now. Yeah. But I've gotten, you know, fairly hooked into Bandcamp. And they've had some days where they've been really good and, and waived the share that they take, so all that money goes directly to artists. Um, I've found myself subscribing to more sort of paid uh, paid blog, not blogs, but like uh, Substack, like the you know the newsletter uh, platform where you know people can produce their content and you can pay them for it like i I get robert christgau like one of the greatest music critics that's ever lived like he's got a substack newsletter um and so like i can support stuff like that and i've especially seen it in books where like you know i'm most of the time i'm very sort of uh price conscious when it comes to obtaining reading material you know um if i'm buying new stuff more likely than not it's probably coming from amazon um Mm -hmm. but lately um i've i've bought some ebooks from amazon because i'm kind of rediscovering digital reading uh which is is nice Uh, but i've also uh i've bought books from bookshop which is this you know it's this site that is allowing independent bookstores uh, to sell through a centralized site and get a bigger cut than they would get from Amazon. Uh, I've bought used books from this book uh, bookstore in upstate New York called Braveheart Books. And they're just like doing this thing on Instagram where if you, uh, if you DM them uh, some, some kind of, information about your literary tastes in a couple days the the bookstore owner (laughs) sent me back you know 10 different you know 10 different pictures with a total of like 30 to 35 potential book selections just based on what i told her Uh, and uh it it, i'm ashamed that it (laughs) took me almost a week to look through it and get back to her but you know three days after that uh a package of four books plus a handwritten thank you card, a sticker and some little pins arrived on Emily's doorstep for like $16. It was amazing. You know, and I don't know if I'm being honest, I don't know when I'm going to read any of those books. Um, but I think, I think now I know that like my, my consumption habits, are not necessarily changing, but it's been an opportunity for me to change the way that I essentially that I fund that consumption or or not fund, but uh, the way that I pay for that consumption. And it's been an opportunity to say, I know that I could maybe get more bang for my buck in terms of, you know, getting the, bottom dollar price by buying something from Amazon but this has been a time where you know there's just there's more important stuff than that to me and so you know if that if that $18 that I was going to spend on a new book from Amazon can go to you know a, a live hold steady recording 
from Bandcamp and a book from Braveheart and a month's worth of, uh, you know, newsletters from three different people like that. That's great. I, that's, you know, that's its own form of bang for your buck. And, and so like, I've been really enjoying that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think that that, that goes into is some of these hobbies or, or, or items that people are picking up to get away, you know, even in the course of the distraction, which is, you know, looking and figuring out what book to read or what video game you're going to purchase. If you're, reaching out to other people uh, in different communities if it's the Newburyport Commons Facebook page or whatever for for recommendations of things it's like as you include other people in this you know search for for something to do something that you're like this is going to be leisure and I'm going to enjoy it even still I think that even if you don't finish that book you are doing you're accomplishing something that is enjoyable by supporting other people um you know asking for for their opinions hey you know i'm still doing my book club at at work uh we had a virtual one it was very weird because you know only one person can talk at once but it was great that we did it and we're going to do it again and i'm going to read a book that i'm not excited about but i'm going to finish it so that so that i can go discuss it at, at book club and the fact that everybody is doing that and then is going to do it together, I think that that's going to be really beneficial. And I'm pretty sure that book, maybe it didn't, but um, some books in my in my apartment now have come from um, Bookshop or Politics and Prose that, that were mm-hmm. ordered. And, and so I think that even things that are for leisure um are are really valuable right now because uh, – <laughs> You know, uh, other if if GM and Pepsi are saying that they can't pay their advertising bills to the the TV channels that show sports and whatever else, um, then those bookstores that you normally go to or record shops really really need your help because uh, uh, you don't you see GMC and Pepsi all over the place. So, well, it's also a good time to read uh, Infinite Jest, I suppose, because yeah, God. I think that's got see, lots of uh, that's got lots of advertisement in it. Well, see, a lot of people are, are buying that and um, apparently Ulysses. And let me just tell you, don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> no, I, read, read Anthony Bourdain the last interview instead. Just something that's going to actually be enjoyable, which, uh, you yeah. know, maybe you find that enjoyable, but you're probably also being pretentious. So No, it's, it's prob- it's, it's, it certainly is at least somewhat pretentious. I know, like... Uh, Emily and I have been engaged in a uh, reading challenge. We did it not last year, but the year before. Uh, and the idea is who who reads more pages? Because if we were going to do number of books, like I know that she would obviously murder me because she reads a lot of poetry books, and those are small and you know can be easy to devour even as the content you know can be sort of uh, very complex and and nuanced um but uh you know i won in 2018 in no small part on the strength of uh reading uh, at, at thanksgiving reading two harry potter books in three days <laughs> uh, yeah. and and so 
you know, I, I, I'm recognizing that I had engaged in some stunt bookery, and I'm pretty sure that if you go to read Infinite Jest or Ulysses right now, you know, that is nothing if not stunt bookery. So I, I've been I've been playing it clean this year, and as a result, have been getting my ass kicked. So, you know, uh, but but it, it is better to lose that challenge than to read fucking Ulysses in quarantine. That's pr- that's probably that's probably right. I mean, here's <laughs> what do you think of the whole world turning into you reading Ulysses, making bread. Listen, <laughs> all right, I just you know it's worth it's worth saying here, and there's the whole podcast on it. But we did a podcast one time on on asshole books, and and I did not did and I did it because I, I read an asshole book and didn't make a big deal out of out of it. Um, and, and but always I'm hearing people talk about that with the bread thing. I just do it. I take it places because it's something I want to share with people. You know, I'll share it sometimes on social media because that's because, you know, and we've talked about that. That's bad, too. But it's like it's something I did because I wanted to do it and it filled time and it helped other people. But it's not about showing off. If showing off is is the way that you're getting happy right now. okay, that's a little problematic. But like I'm not I'm not out here saying like, hey, you know, you can't step on my turf. It's more like, okay, welcome. Let's have a discussion about it. People send me stuff and ask me about baking bread, and I really appreciate that because that's community. When you're just out here saying, like, oh, look at me, or oops, oh, I'm such an idiot. It's like, no, you're just showing off and making yourself into it's, – it's about you. It's not about the thing that you are making and you're trying to get better at. So, you know, if you want to discuss the book, great. If you want to discuss that you, oh, champion, are reading the book, that's not really doing anybody any favors. I'd just like to point out uh, a little – a piece of inconsistency I just noticed, which is, um, I read an asshole book and didn't make a big deal out of it. He says, discussing the podcast episode we recorded about him reading a specific book. If we'd have to go back to the recorded version, but I think that it is at the very, very end that I say we are discussing this in part because I just read an asshole book. I don't even know if we say that <laughs> what book I read. <laughs> But and and then some two hundred episodes of the podcast later, we bring it back up. Well, well Kevin brought important. it up. <laughs> Kevin brought it up, yeah. and it's Jermaine. Pierce is that important? That's right. That's there a good we go. point. Uh, but you know what That's else Pierce other. is? What else Pierce is is sorry. And so we'll uh, we'll wrap that up and, and move on to our <laughs> our wonderful weekly segment. Uh, what are you apologizing for today? So I think that this is, as we went over here, be it video games are, are being part of potentially uh, reshingling a roof or supporting a lot of different media online, this is a time to learn. Learn about ways that you can empower yourself. Um, and I think that's really great. Maybe you decide to read Ulysses or Bake Bread. Um, uh, I, I have been privy to to someone learning how to make Dutch babies, the, the kind of skillet big pancake thing um which are very very good and i highly recommend them and one thing that normally happens with dutch babies is that you put maple syrup on them and so what i'm apologizing for this week is something that i learned it is empowering me going forward and so of course i am apologizing for something in the past which is apparently you put maple syrup in the refrigerator after it is opened 
now, part of it could be that growing up, I did not really use normal maple syrup. It was really more like a, you know, whatever uh, Aunt Jemima and, and brands like that are, because it's not really maple syrup. Uh, I'm sure it's partially that and then partially just uh, maple flavored sugar. None of that. Sugar. Nope. Not even a little. Sugar. <laughs> um, uh, corn syrup. Yeah, corn syrup. It's basically just corn syrup. Um, but, you know, I, I think I was maybe uh, informed by that, which is, you know, not real maple syrup. And so now I have, have learned that everything seems to be okay, but I apologize for all the, the pancakes and waffles. And, um, you know, I didn't ruin any of the Dutch babies, but uh, apparently maple syrup goes in the refrigerator once you've opened it. And maple syrup is really good as a as an alternative sweetener, so I would highly recommend it. I know that in parts of Canada, it's a huge deal. So please, please, please care for your maple syrup um, as as it's intended, and don't be an asshole like me. <laughs> okay, uh, all right. Thank you for that. So we will uh, we'll now close the show as we do with a big idea from pop culture, um, and I I've also so in addition to. Uh, spending some time reading and uh, watching a lot of TV of wildly varying quality uh, during this period. Um, I've also been consuming a a decent amount of uh, the sort of audio equivalent of uh, the novel under 200 pages that you can knock out in a day. And that is the limited series podcast run. And I've been today listening to a series called We Crashed. And uh, you you may be able to suss out from the title uh, that it is about uh, the rise and abrupt fall of uh, truly one of the most insane hustle scammers there has ever been, uh, the fucking WeWork guy. Uh, and it's just, it's just, fa- it's, it's fascinating uh, to, to actually hear people talk on the record about how much like a cult this company is. Um, and, and just, you know, hearing, hearing someone who ha- has, you know, spent their life reviewing companies' financial filings, talk about how in a typical, uh, in uh, there's a kind of document that you file before you take a company public. And typically uh, it mentions the, the founder of the company anywhere between 15 and 50 times and almost exclusively in the form like Mr. Last Name uh, and WeWork's form mentioned Adam nearly 170 times just like this weird cult of personality that kind of never made sense uh, and uh, has been you know despite that for at least a a stretch was so successful that we did a a whole podcast about it and that's when you know you've you know you've really hit it big is when we talk about you here Uh, so I've been listening to We Crashed. I also just noticed that there is a new podcast from the Reply All guys called The Scaredy Cats Horror Show, uh, which is about how Alex Goldman is a 
uh, a horror movie aficionado, PJ Vote, is a big old scaredy cat. Uh, and, and they're they're kind of attempting to answer the question: Can you cure someone of their fear of horror movies? Hmm. And this is important to me because I'm PJ, and this podcast easily could have been done with anyone who likes horror movies and me. Uh, and they started with The Exorcist, which is a movie that uh, Emily has been uh, trying to get me to watch with her, and I have wimped out on it at least five times but i think now that you know we're all inside with nothing better to do and and i've got some free time on my hands i'm i think i'm actually gonna take the plunge so you know i'm kind of intrigued to see where that journey goes and 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 to follow along as i try to maybe cure my fear of horror movies too yeah yeah, we should cool. totally do a po- you we should get to the point where you watch The Shining and we should totally do a podcast on that because no one has ever done anything on that ever. <laughs> and so I think that that would be really good to tread over new ground. Yeah, there's not there's not any documentaries about the insane world of conspiracy theories surrounding The Shining. Uh, no, I I like The Shining a lot. I've seen The Shining 6 or 7 times. Uh it's a fantastic movie. Uh, and, and one of the things that I, I learned from listening to this podcast episode is like how good The Exorcist is as a film. So I think that is mm. probably going to help me uh, not be such a wuss about it. So if you're looking for new cool. podcasts, um, We Crashed, uh, that, uh, that may be pretty interest-specific. Um, but, you know, the Reply All guys are just, they're fun. They have a really good rapport on the mic, which is something that I particularly love in podcasts. So, you know, either or both of those may be worth your time, depending on what you're into. Um, okay. That is the end of the show. You can find us on Facebook or Twitter at pretty okay pod or at our home on the web, www.prettyokpod.com. You can subscribe to the feed on your podcast app and device of choice. You'll get our episodes every week without having to go looking for them. If you do that, please leave us a rating, review, comment, that sort of thing. Or just tell a friend about the show. We'd love to share it with them as well. We'll be back again next week to talk about something else. Until then, I'm Sean. I'm Pierce. I'm Max. I'm Kevin. Thanks for listening. Bye.